2: Hey guys, welcome back to another bonus episode of Gangplank Report. I'm here with my co-host Jen and our charter guest for this below deck med season, Roy Orbison Jr. Welcome, welcome.
1: Hey everybody,
2: <laughs> Where's how's it going? I'm glad you're here,
1: it's going very good, really great.
2: And where are you right now?
1: I am in Malibu, California at home and in the sunshine having fun. Nice. Beautiful.
2: Beautiful. I am down in the Bahamas, so I apologize in advance if my audio is not perfect because I'm dealing with an island. So, yay. <laughs>
1: <Even> <laughs> um, more sunshine and even more fun.
2: Oh, exactly. Well, fun for my charter guests, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let's just jump right into it. This is your second time being on Below Deck Med. We both, Jen and I, were super excited to see you come back because we absolutely loved all your interactions on the last season, which was awesome to watch. And that's when we found out that Hannah really had an affinity for kids. And as we all know, she has a baby now. So something you guys must have done on your trip worked out for her.
1: Yeah, we saw that coming. We could tell that there was something going on personal for her that either she was thinking, you know, she talked about the uh, kindergarten that her mom ran and things. she talked about kids a lot. And you could kind of tell, I don't know, you know, I tried to figure out was she pregnant then or did she have a boyfriend she was about to be, but we could see something was coming one way or the other. We could see that she was getting more serious.
2: Yeah. Leaning in that direction. That's pretty cool, though. Even on the
1: charter, we could kind of tell that her mind was a little somewhere else, like on the future.
2: Yeah. So speaking to that a little bit, do you, between last season's crew and this season's crew, was there a big difference to you in the interior, in the service department?
1: In the service department? Let me see. No. When you said the interior and the service department, I thought you meant the boat itself. No, that part is about the same. You know, it's, it's more about whether the food is good and whether the pillows are comfy and all that kind of stuff. That's about the service. Uh, they were all really nice. No, that wasn't a lot of different. Food-wise, who would you give the thumbs up to? Uh, well, we personally liked Kiko. I like him. He was one of the most likable people on, on all the shows. Mm-hmm. But the food, you know, I don't know if it's the food they gave him or what it was, but it wasn't really good the first time. <laughs> I thought it was good. I was so seduced by the whole situation that, I mean, I was loving it. It was like little fried brie and there was truffles on everything and stuff. So I was fooled by it. But even when I watched back and I'm looking at the picnic and I'm like, that's basically just dry tortilla chips with just, you know, American yeah. cheese on mm. it. Not really, this is not really a picnic. And so, so the second one was amazing, the food food was amazing matt the chef on the second one is really really a good cook and it looks
3: like we haven't seen a single complaint so far
1: but more than that when we watched the show you know there was a lot of drama around him and the first show and the food and they made it like it wasn't good and like there's some redemption there but his food was just fantastic when we were there
0: Mm -hmm.
2: It's good to hear that from somebody who actually got to eat the food, as opposed to just looking at video of it. I think there's a big difference between chefs that are able to do really amazing presentation, but the flavor isn't always there. So it's good to hear that what we're seeing is reflective of the taste of the food that you're eating as well, because it's impossible to know that as a viewer. All we can do is watch and then listen to the feedback afterwards. So I think that's pretty cool. And it's good to know that his food tasted good as much as it looked
1: good. One of the previous shows last year, And the guest said, and you could tell that they were guests that did. So he said, you know, well, on a boat like this, at this price and this quality, we expect the food on the boat to be comparable to anything on the mainland. You know, and they were right. like in France somewhere. And when he said that, I thought like, yeah, that is right. Before the sh- trip and after the trip, the restaurants we're going to, whether it's Mallorca or Split or wherever, they, they're amazing restaurants. We're having great times, and then so the boat really has to compete with the ports that they're in. They're in all these amazing places. You know, if you're in Santorpe, it's the best restaurants in the world. If you're in anywhere. And so the boats have to compete, not so much with each other, but with these five-star restaurants. And uh, Matt was able to do that. What I saw in the first couple of episodes is what now I've figured out, because I've seen it enough. It's the third night breakdown. If you haven't done these shows, you freak out the third day. It doesn't matter who it is. And I think it happens even whether Captain Sandy's coming back and she's done a lot or it's your first. And Adrian, maybe you can contest this. Like, people actually break down into tears and freak out and have panic attacks and heart palpitations stuff at night. The third night, The pressure and the camera, and you're trying, and if you make it past that, you're okay. But there is this thing that happens. It happened to me both times, and it happens to the people we bring. It's not on camera, but everyone we brought, they'll be sitting there at dinner, and they get quiet, like on that second or third night. And you Mm -hmm. turn around, and you look, and they're smiling. They're eating food. They're quiet, and tear, a tear is coming down their (laughs) face. Yeah. The pressure, the pressure I mean, is palpable. They are I astral. did
2: that every other day on my season. So yeah. there's
1: that. They, they cry on the boat and you say, What is it? And they don't even know. You go yeah. like what, what is it? And they go, I, I don't know. I don't know. And it's the pressure. It's there's something going on being on TV, you know, it brings up all your own personal issues, whatever that is. And you find out a little bit what you really want to do because some people are like, I'm never doing that again. Yeah. But we are well, not like and- that. We did it again. <laughs>
2: Well, and I think part of that too, probably, especially for this group of guests that was with you, it has added pressure from COVID lockdown. And when we were watching you and your group this time around and watching you kind of cut loose, I know we said we were going to talk about that a little bit, but I'm watching it going, you've been in lockdown for months. Everybody has been kind of confined and restricted. And then you have this opportunity to not only do the show again, but go on an actual vacation in a foreign country. And to be able to have fun and cut loose, we saw you be a little bit overserved on this trip, which nobody <laughs> holds, we definitely don't hold against you. I probably would have been in literally the same boat, pun intended, but watching you cut loose a little bit. I didn't think you were disrespectful or that you were in any way, shape, or form on any level near some of the other guests that we've seen just go balls to the wall sometimes on these trips, even in a short period of time. I think you were the embodiment of how everybody felt being able to finally get out of lockdown and do something fun. I know a lot of people that were like, oh my God, I drink so much more than I normally would because I was on vacation and it's my first vacation in like six months eight months. It's the first time I've been allowed out of my house without a mask on. So I know you might have different feelings about it, but both Jen and I were laughing like that would be me. (laughs)
3: <laughs> yeah, I said the exact same thing. I said that would totally be me. I over-imbibed during lockdown because what was there to do? And if I had been able to let loose, I would have totally let loose.
1: But well, thank you very much. That, that's, that was nice. And there is so much that you don't see. On the first episodes, we did season five. We were in episode three and four. Episode three was called The Italian's Job. Episode four was called Ace of Stewface. And what we thought was going to be in the show wasn't used. And the things that we didn't even remember is what they used right so it's largely how it relates to the backstory of the crew and we knew that and that's what makes it good it's not really about us it's about the crew and then the editors have the problem of trying to make a story out of it a kind of linear story and there's a lot of creative editing in these things but in the first show they used really little pieces of everything we did in this one there is so much behind the scenes that you don't see and so much they didn't use that it's actually incredible I'm mean, like oh I wish we had taken more videos and pictures because we did so much stuff we saw castles and we we just did amazing stuff you know you didn't see it so we did a long five day this was edited and even captain Sandy on this she said it's a short trip i was going this wasn't a short trip we were the longest trip of the season we were five days four nights really because they made it one night yeah, and I put that down to, like, the backstory and how they need... See, there's a bigger thing here. It's not about us. It's not even really about the crew. When they do these shows, they look at how it fits in the episodes and the, the entire show and how it how it works, you know. It turns out, I guess, there's a lot of action in both of these episodes we did with the crew, Right. you know. And, and however silly I was, they outdid us in every way. So, <laughs> so and then from- <laughs> Coming from the COVID thing, it's boring that we always have to talk about it now, COVID and the vaccine and all this stuff. But it was a real issue at that time. Back, we had been in quarantine for six, seven months. My belly is big there because I ordered all this food. I was hoarding food, so I ordered all this stuff you know, canned tuna fish and beans. And and I also happened to order all this food and I ate too much and drank too much during COVID. So we came back and we had to decide, are we even doing this? It was very scary. And we looked and it was pretty safe. It was a safe situation. Croatia and New Zealand at the time had almost no COVID. So I, I was worried about flying through Chicago and London and Frankfurt and all the places you have to fly through going and coming. That was really terrifying. And I I wore a full body like raincoat thing. I wore a full body raincoat. I wore gloves. I had a mask, a face shield. Right. So I was really overdoing it. And there was no one in the airports. It was safer in the airport than outside. And then it was the plane too. The plane was empty. So we really lucked out. We were traveling around in the middle of COVID. No one could even get in and out of countries. You know, we had to have film passes. Bravo and NBC and Below Deck Med got us work visas and things. Mm-hmm. Then we had to go into a hard quarantine where there were actually bodyguards hired to watch, not like to keep us in, but if we left, we were off the show. So wow. we had to find a house and it was a nice house. They did well, but it was a pretty hard quarantine and seven full days, uh, seven nights. So we almost eight days. And so there is a lot that you don't see there. You know, there is a lot. Even, um, And then we get on the show and yeah, put me on a hundred million dollar boat for a week and see what happens. Right. <laughs>
3: I still
2: can't believe that your trip was that long and it felt like you were there for a night. That's, that's so crazy to me, but yeah, I feel it's
1: there was so much more. I mean, I have this Elvis necklace that I wear, and it's it's actually Elvis Presley's TCB necklace. You know, it's this thing that you see. People get tattoos, TCB, all this stuff. So I've got it. And I set it on. I took it off because we go into water a lot, and I didn't want to lose it. And I took it on the show because it's one of my prized possessions. You know, it's the one that Elvis Presley's. And it's too much for most people to even get. I go, no, this is actually, this is Elvis's. right. This, this is the one. And so I put it down by the bed in the room and we come back in after the first day and the thing is missing. It's not in the little thing. It's right there. And I'm like, oh, I, it doesn't take 10 seconds to look around and realize nobody should be in our room in the main quarters. And it's in this little jewelry dish beside the bed. Mm-hmm. So I called in Courtney. I looked down. Courtney's the one who was cleaning our room. I said, Courtney, come here. I mean, what, what happened here? And she didn't know about it. And so I was ready to call off the whole show. This is probably why they didn't use it. Yeah. I broke down and everyone's running in. The producers behind me, they're still trying to make a show. They're going like, can you phrase this in a way? Like explain to us what happened? I said, find my is- necklace. <laughs> no, I, was, I, I, I said, this is no joke. This is not the show. Show is over. Yeah. I said, this show is over because. what you Wow. Know, there's so many people on the boat. I just thought, oh my God, I mean, who but there's like 30 people. There's so much crew, more than you see. They're everywhere. And I just thought, oh, so who is dumb enough to swipe my little thing? You know, someone working here for the days. Is, this is the stupidest place to try to rob anyone ever. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and Courtney was nearly crying and I'm looking around. And then we look over and it's on this little nightstand. It's on the little handle for like one of the drawers on the boat, it's hanging there. And we realize the level it's at, it's so low. That it was my three-year-old Bo. Oh it. <laughs> <laughs>
0: and,
1: it, and this makes such good TV, even me telling you, I'm like, this is the kind of stuff that normal TV show producers they yeah. Try. I they would have stayed. loved this. Yeah. They staged that. Producers on other shows, they go do this stuff for tea. This was real. Mm-hmm. And you know, all the drama here and none of that made the show. That's so crazy. there's a lot that wasn't on the show. The COVID element was part of it. it. It was a very scary time. We ended up getting locked in Croatia. for. We were there for five weeks. We ended up not being able to come back. Because wow. Two weird things happened while we were on the boat. Um, We're quarantined, you know, completely detached from everything. We had Wi-Fi a little, but really, really detached. We come off the boat and they were closing down the airports. There's these spikes up and down with COVID. And we were going through whatever the second wave. And we look and Osa Karin, she said, it's really going nuts in America and Italy again in places. And like, oh my gosh. So Croatia was so few. There was only like 400 cases in the whole country of three or 4 million people. So they weren't wearing masks. They weren't anything. And it was business as usual. And I said, well, we should just stay here for a while. Let's just stay safe. So we stayed in Croatia, had a great vacation before and after, but there was a, a lot of pressure. It was a big commitment. Everyone recognized it. We were all wearing masks. Oh, we had to be tested every day. Oh, kids oh, get thing in the nose.
3: Oh, poor kids. I did love seeing I have to say I loved it first when you guys were on the bridge and Roy asked how you made it go beep beep and Captain Sandy let him I thought that was sweet. And watching how they changed it from a GoPro cam to a bow pro cam when you guys were doing hide and seek on the boat. That was so adorable to me. I loved it. Your kids are great anyway. They're just the cutest ever.
1: They were. And Osa and I kind of wish they just made a whole show about kids and stuff. The show that we ended up with is not really family friendly. Right. I said, yeah, well, this show, you know, isn't really for kids and parents and things like that. It's a party scene. It's a boat scene. It's reality TV. Mm -hmm. We knew what we were getting into. And overall, when I look back on it, you know, it was the trip of a lifetime. Right One of the reasons That I cut loose Is because We didn't on the first one I was very proper And things This one I It's actually the comfort level That I felt yeah. I felt The crew was amazed I really loved the crew And I felt so safe And I loved the boat And I felt way more comfortable With everything With Bravo And NBC And the contracts you sign And everything behind the scenes And all the behind You know I just I loved everyone so much That I kind of let go I went like Man we're on this boat In Croatia This is a beautiful day And what you saw was me not living for the TV show, but really for my own experience selfishly in the present. Who for you. Yeah, I mean, this and is it, And be-
2: that's exactly what it felt like. And again, you weren't being disrespectful to anybody. You weren't harassing anybody. I mean, we've seen guests of all flavors on this show do all kinds of really extreme things when they cut loose. You were just standing out there going, woo!
1: <laughs> well, I even I said like, it.
2: Like,
0: it was great. I even
1: said it, and it came off. That was one of the parts I didn't like because it came off a little bit like something. The tone was wrong. But I said, like this is a conscious choice. Mm-hmm. And I was basically trying to give a compliment saying like the weather, the boat, this situation, this is the conscious choice. Again, this isn't the TV show anymore. This is me. You didn't see the beautiful scenery we were around and everything. We were in heaven. We were driving through these islands and there were these old little caves that the military put boats in for one of the wars there. You know, we were seeing history. It was a spiritual day, believe it or not. And it progressed and progressed. And so I, it was a conscious choice. And when I see it, I mean, it was pretty funny. I don't know. You can't tell how other people are going to take it. But I say, I laugh at myself. I say some funny stuff. You do. I go, you're all embarrassing yourself. I
3: suck. <laughs> and I'm laughing. You know? and that, but,
1: but when I sit it now, I go like, you know what, Osa? I was right. These people are sitting around like fuddy-duddies talking about whether I'm going to make it to breakfast. They're not enjoying their breakfast. <laughs> My, the people I'm with, they're a little bit lame. They should have been joining me. Why are they sitting around like rolling their eyes at me, you know? And so uh, so I was having a great time. And I, I was nice. I was nice. I was laughing. Oh, like there's an, uh, in the today's episode, episode, we're on episode five. Ship of, Happens. Uh, Ship yeah. happens. I, I, I saw that one. And I, one of the funniest things is I laugh right now. It was very funny. We're eating breakfast and there's an alarm going off. Right,
3: Right.
1: So like, the crew is running. Everyone's running. And someone in my group, they say like, what's going on? I say, it's an alarm. Better eat up. And I <laughs> so it's a, It goes by so quick, but so many funny things like that. There is an alarm going on. Everyone thinks the boat is on fire. There's right. an actual emergency. The kids are crying. People are annoyed. The guests are putting on life jackets and running around, and I'm like, <laughs> like better <laughs> up. These croissants are amazing. That's so great. if you if you look at it a little bit, you'll see that it's edited. I'm wearing a t- different clothes and different t-shirts, and I have my shirt on and off. Mm-hmm. They're jumping around a I, lot. D-
3: I just thought you were doing your good share impression, changing four or five times a day. No, <laughs> so we did that.
1: We did that on purpose. But no, they really. You see, they edit, and then I'm wearing a different shirt, and then I'm back in the same shirt. And honestly, I've watched them all twice, and you can see that it's heavily edited. Mm. And honestly, it makes for a better show. It makes a really good show. I mean, the conclusion to our first show, episode four, I mean, the, in the last four five seconds, they make it like I nearly crashed the ship. I know. <laughs> and then it goes blank. It's like blank. I have friends who phoned, and they said, Roy, what the hell happened? I mean, and I go, like, actually, You know, and I don't want to say anything bad, you know, I don't want to even make that, but that is, that is not really what happened. It's three different things. One, there was a little bit of a storm when they, they, they brought the boat in. Mm -hmm. When I was eating, we were docked. It was nighttime. You can see, that's what I'm saying, if you watch the editing, you see when Captain Sandy says, like, what the hell is going on back there? You know, it's daytime. And then when I'm jumping off the boat, it's night. They're making it like I'm jumping off into a moving boat with the propellers. The whole thing, my thing, was comedy. We were laughing. It was like, I'm going to jump off the boat. Don't jump on the boat. I'm going to jump on the boat. Don't jump on the boat. But then when they showed it, you know, it's a little bit of a weird thing, but there's some behind the scenes you won't get anywhere else. How they can take things from different days and different ways and put it into this thing. And I thought, wow, you know i couldn't have scripted a better ending
3: yeah we jokingly call it frankensteining where they uh, take a little part from here and attach it to this. And I, for one, would like to petition Bravo to see the rest of your trip, because that sounds like fun. It
2: and does.
1: Even the first shows, I was like, Osa, I mean, they have enough to do like almost a whole season on the one thing. There was so much they didn't show. And there is, there was just a lot. There was a lot on the first show. And on this one, there was two or three things. You know, we did an expedition to a castle. That was amazing. And we did this, you know, all this stuff. And even just the hide-and-go-seek, you could have made longer. Yes,
3: that was adorable. I loved every minute of that. But for purposes
1: of editing, they did it. And they do a great job. There's a reason it's such a good show. And I great. watch all of them. Our episodes, I, the, the ending, I like I said, I was like, wow, a little embarrassing for me. But I couldn't have done anything to give them a better ending than that. Right. Wow. Without <laughs> planning.
2: That. Absolutely. No, no I, they, I think it's great.
1: And it's the best ending of any that I've seen. It's yeah, the best to I... the best hanger. They just, it's the best one I saw.
3: So you said you watch all the shows and we've seen you on the med twice and yeah. they're expanding the franchises now to Australia, yeah. Norway. Do you think you would ever do another franchise or are you attached to the In a heartbeat?
1: I mean, in a heartbeat, they're making this into more than it is. Uh, e- even the fans and everything, they're like, "Oh, you know, it's train wreck and everything." Like, "Oh no, the, it was a great boat." Yeah. Captain Sandy is a wonderful person. The people on the boat, uh Z is funny. I got along with everybody. They treat us great and first class from beginning to end.
3: That's amazing.
1: And it's just, it is a massive show. It is a big production. It is a lot of legal liabilities. It is a lot. It is a big work, and I honestly don't know how they do it. They deserve all the awards they get and all the praise. And I would work with any of those people in any capacity.
2: They just got nominated for a couple Emmys too. So that's pretty awesome.
1: And my wife is Swedish and I party in Norway. I have a lot of Norwegian friends. I would love to do Norway. I would love to do Below Deck Sailing. I would love to do any of these. So we'll see, you know, I don't know if they think we've been on there too much. It does just so happen. Not too
3: much for us.
1: Our episodes technically are the highest rated except for the one where Hannah was fired.
3: Mm-hmm. Of of the
1: entire franchise, all of the seasons of all the shows.
3: You go, Roy Junior. Yeah, go. our, two,
1: our two <laughs> first fight and then it went down. And I believe it's happening now again. It was doing okay, and this is the one. Okay. I have a this one's going to spike again. We'll just have to see. Have yeah. see. So we would be honored to do it, and I say it with a little bit of honor. I would love if they would do it. So I would absolutely do it again. Yes,
2: I know Osa is babysitting back there in the background, but if she wants to pop on and say hi, that'd be great.
1: Osta is walking in the room right now, and Bo, Bo, and Roy, Roy, come here too. We're all here. Yay! We'll come here for a minute. Come here, boys. We'll Hi, come-
3: guys. How are you? Say hello. Hello. <laughs> we're talking about your trip on the boat did you guys have fun yeah this is
1: roy three you're talking to roy three say hello hello
2: hi roy three can
1: you say hi bo yogurt things here let's stop eating yogurt ask roy three a question here roy they (laughs) want to know something what would you like to know what would you like to tell them about the boat
3: did you like making the horn go off on the boat yeah that was fun was it really loud while you were in there yeah yeah it sounded like it on the show would you like to go
0: back what yeah. <laughs> that's
3: an easy answer <laughs> what's your favorite thing to do in the water
0: uh surfing
3: surfing very
0: cool one thing I that they did show that was amazing was chef matt he baked a cake together with roy Oh, really?
1: You know, that's what I'm saying. There's so much they didn't use. Even this, I was sure they were going to use it because Roy went down with Matt alone. Roy and Bo. Roy and Bo and cooked a meal. And there would just be so many cute little moments there. Oh my gosh. I
3: want a behind the scenes. They need to do that on the unseen footage. We better get some of that on one of those episodes.
1: And from a technical point, I guess they wanted to focus in more on the, the relationship between Lexi and Matt and that story arc. So this just doesn't fit in, you know, they can't have too much Matt and not enough Malia and stuff. And so, So you don't get to see Bo was there, but it was really Roy. Roy 3 really connected with Matt and they were laughing and they were making stuff and they made one of the meals. And I really, I thought they could have fit that in so well. So it turns out I have more fun on the boat. I don't know what they use or what they don't. They didn't Mm -hmm. use anything we were going to use. And then they made, there was no partying on the first day. There was no partying on the second day. Mm -hmm. On the third day, I uh, started to party after the kids went to sleep. There was zero partying the fourth day and the fifth day. And they made the whole thing about,
0: we're talking about basically three hours right? so really oh
3: so you weren't that livid it wasn't like it no
0: this was three three hours out of total five days i think right and it was over pretty quickly like we were all we went to bed Pretty quickly when it went down.
3: <laughs> I did love Roy Jr. When you were following Osa down to the cabin, you were breaking the fourth wall the whole time and waving to the cameraman and yeah. telling him goodnight. That was hysterical.
1: But <laughs> yeah. well, By then, uh, there was no fourth wall because they were like piranha sharks around me. As soon as I picked up the first drink that I was actually drinking they were jumping out of the closets and running (laughs) they have earpieces they all have earpieces there's main producers so you could just tell they were just like going primary on the second thing in the back primary and I was getting attacked by all the cameramen and they were swarming like bees you know zooming in on my nose and my belly and was everything. So I had six cameras that was all around me the whole time. Well,
0: and looking at it, I think you managed it pretty, you know, great. I yeah. mean, make it comedy because yeah. it, it's really tense.
1: You know, so I'm walking there by myself doing nothing and there's six cameras filming me scratch my nose. So you're going to look at them. There's real people there and you're going to look at them and wink, you know. We also got to know some of the cameras. So it'd be my cameraman buddy, the one I like the best. You know, I'd we get him. And I would... So again, I wasn't really doing it for TV. I was right. doing it. People who it was me and this guy having a moment, and there my funniest thing was as I'm walking back, I'm totally by myself. No one's around and I go, that was a pleasant evening.
3: Yeah,
2: I heard that. I mean, I have
1: so many one-liners. You do. I was like and
3: you're a happy drunk. I do have to confess I did call you Rowdy Roy on the the first episode (laughs) we did for your guys' trip. I said, This is a little different, Roy, than we're seeing. This is Rowdy Roy, but now that I know that it was three hours out of five days. I retract my rowdy roy, and you're just happy roy. So, you know,
1: I, <laughs> my dad and Elvis and Carl Perkins and Chuck Berry and Little Richard invented rock and roll back in the fifties. And uh, my dad toured with the Rolling Stones when they were square, nice guys, you know. And you imagine oh, these are the Rolling Stones. We're talking about.
3: Picturing go. Keith Richards as a square is very hard.
1: They were wearing little suits trying to be like Roy Orbison. So, yeah. So, you know, the idea is whatever you think of the Beatles or the Stones, Roy was already hanging out with them and friends and on airplanes that were going to crash before you ever, before you got anybody ever knew them. You know, so, so as nice as my dad was, I mean, gosh, he was there for all of that, all of that, whatever you've ever heard about Johnny Cash or the Stones and everything. Roy was already there in real time. I don't know. Rowdy? Do you get any more rowdy than Sun Records? I don't
3: don't think so. But one thing I do want to say, from an outsider's perspective, children of celebrities, people who are famous, tend to either go to one side of the spectrum or the other. They live in who their parent was, or they shun it and just see their parent as their parent. You have found this sweet spot of balance in honoring your dad and your mom, and and also doing your own thing—that I'm just wowed by—and I just wanted to throw that in there. That I'm very impressed by how you honor their legacy but still do you at the same time because you're a rare gem. So
1: thank you very much. Thank you very much. Well, I'm aware. See, I still have a little bit of a humility that that is what we all go through. You know, you can see it in whether you know whether it's Frank Sinatra Jr. You go like, okay, obviously, you know, da da da. But but it turns out everybody—that is just the family drama. We all, you know, our parents, we all have our little things and they're the people that challenge us and form us. And everyone is living in the shadow of their dad or mom. You know, you just are. It doesn't, it, so it doesn't matter if you're an electrician or a boxer or anybody. Everybody goes through that and we all have that. That's and a good so, way to look at it. Yeah, so I never felt any different in that way. But I also had just really nice parents and my dad was a little bit unusual. A lot of the first generation stars were a little bit more unusual.
3: I thought I read in an article that you compared him to the reclusive level of Greta Garbo or Howard Hughes. Is that, did yes. I read that right? Yeah, well, he,
1: he basically invented that. That's what mm-hmm. I'm saying. I mean, that's that whole thing. Um, yeah, he had to buy the whole movie theater for us to go to the movie. He had to rent the whole, all the seats or, you know, we would only go to restaurants when they closed. They close at 10, we would them open that kind of thing, you know, was a. It's a little bit. That's very strange. That's very strange because we couldn't go anywhere. There weren't that many stars, you know, so we couldn't couldn't yeah. do any anything without just just couldn't do anything. So he, that was, and he was a very private person anyway. So yes, that was there. At the same time, you know, he went out and played a show every night for people. So how introverted could he have been? But <laughs> right, but, but you know,
2: there's too. a difference between your professional life and your personal life. And I think that's what the show kind of presents as well. The face that you put on in front of the guests, at least from the crew aspect of it, right? The face that you put on for the guests. And then I talked to charter guests that filmed my season that had no idea the drama that was going on with the crew because when we walked out in front of them, everything was perfect. Everything was great. And we were all smiling and everybody was fine. And I think that that same level of professionalism, it sounds like existed with your dad, where he had this public persona that he wanted to exude. And then the things with you guys, he kept private because that is more manageable, right? That's the same thing that we do every day on Charter when you're having a bad day. You still have to go out there and perform, but the way that you yes, yes. yourself among your co-workers is very different than what the guests will see. So it's kind of that same parallel, different levels, obviously. We weren't, we aren't renting out movie theaters or anything, but <laughs> (laughs) In order for us to be able to perform our jobs adequately and make the guests feel comfortable and for us to be successful at what we're doing, you have to be able to kind of wall that off and put out that public front, regardless of what's going on behind the scenes, literally. And I think that's very cool. And I definitely, before we wrap this up, I definitely wanted to find out what projects you're doing now and what you've got happening with you so people can follow you and follow what you've got going on.
1: Mm -hmm. Well, what you see on these TV shows is a little bit of me going into what I call the post, what you just said was very complicated. We live in a post-celebrity age where politics and reality TV and just The world is just very complicated, crime and everything. It's just so much that like the old fashioned John Wayne star doesn't exist anymore. Mm -hmm. So what you see there is a little bit of me just letting the walls down, good or bad. I don't really have anything to hide. I'm a pretty good guy and everybody has skeletons in the closet and stuff. So So I'm kind of opening up, even with this, like someone thinks it's so bad that I was drinking on a boat. Maybe Lisa Marie Presley wouldn't have done it. I don't know. But it's me letting my own baggage go as well, you know? And so I'm entering into this and good or bad. Part of my new thing is a little bit more of a public persona of who I really am, good and bad, because there's so much fun stuff happening. So, I mean, my projects are so many that I actually don't usually pitch them and I don't even try, you know, I do blow deck and things it's better for me to just live my life and get it rolling but at the time of COVID we had the number one play in the world with Pretty Woman the musical mm-hmm. of course that's Gary Marshall's team with the movie and Paula Wagner the great uh, super producer and a lot of other people involved and Brian Adams wrote a lot of the music so we're just one song and one part but it does have the name and you know we get paid so we're we're part of that play I count that so we have the number one play in the world I have two other plays in production That's amazing. I have two movies in production I wrote a book a couple the last couple of years. So I'm writing three books at the same time right now.
3: Good grief. Um, yeah, I can't one get the, one out of me. <laughs> yeah, one,
1: of, one, of, one of them is an Orbison movie. And we're doing the Orbison bio, which is a big deal. And I can't talk about it too much because they haven't done the press releases on it. But we've got that. It's almost in production. And we've got a script and team behind it. So Based on the we're, book we're, that
3: you and no, your on, brother...
1: Yeah, yeah. And one of the books is related to that. And, so we, and then we have to do a documentary for the movie. So we've got a big documentary that we're working on. It's a mm-hmm. significant. We just did one called Love Hurts. So we do a lot of documentaries, a lot of books, a lot of movies. But I do everything from design t shirts, or work with Gibson guitars on Rock and Roll Hall of Fame events and Country Music Hall of Fame events. And then I've got my own life and businesses, and my kids. You know, my little Roy, he has a million hitter YouTube where he does this song with Joe Walsh. Oh you know, my gosh. My private life. Last year we went snowmobiling. It was just me and Joe Walsh and Ringo. That's <laughs> very
2: cool. <laughs>
1: so, so I've got my fun stuff I do which no one would believe. It's beyond me. And then a work project. Oh, so what other work projects? So I play around. I'm big on all the social media. I do a podcast, Roy Orbison Jr.'s Rock and Roll Circus. I haven't even done one in a year. I'm going to do another one soon. The next one I'm going to do is Pretty Woman. I'm going to do a Pretty Woman podcast on the movie oh. and stuff that's going on. Then I'm going to do a Below Deck. This podcast inspires me. I thought I have to have my own podcast out there. So I'm going to do a little, probably repeat a lot of the stuff I said here on my thing. And oh, well, we're have- going
3: to release it first. So Nina Oh, you no. do. <laughs>
1: I'm
3: only kidding <laughs> it's
1: not really matter, at that that's no just
3: stuff. my dorky have, sense of humor <laughs>
1: yeah, I have Facebook and Twitter and com and okay. Spotify playlists and then I play shows and do charity gigs and you know Bob Dylan festivals and I'm, I'm doing this Buddy Holly thing birthday soon and friends phone up and ask to do stuff and I have a recording studio and then we have to do another Orbison album what we do is a deluxe package where we take out takes and demos and my brothers and I complete a song we worked with the Royal Philharmonic Orchestra right Mm -hmm. before COVID and uh, that was Alex and Wesley my brothers their musicians and helped me run the companies and I helped them run the companies so we that's Roy's uh, boys yeah Roy's boys and I'm proud I went back and checked our video after COVID hit the videos all the YouTubes went up and so this video that Alex and Wesley and I did with my dad and the Royal Philharmonic Orchestra in England it's got nearly 4 million views. have their own social media. So we're very active and we're going to embarrass ourselves more because we want people to know us and we want to get to know people. And we're just going to try to stay positive and get out there and do everything we can and all the time.
3: So is Osa still in there? He's right here. I'm here. Have you... Gotten him to keep true to renewing your vows every year. I know your anniversary was last month. Have you been doing that?
0: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Reviewing that we no, do the wedding. Our wedding. The was wedding.
1: Because of COVID, oh, yes. we're redoing it. We have to keep pushing it. Yeah, we have
0: pushing it all the time because of covid but we are doing it for sure. Good.
3: Good for you. Are you going to do it back in Tennessee or somewhere different this time in
0: it, Sweden? This next one will definitely be in Sweden. We want to bring the our Swedish family together with the American one. Nice. Yeah, and then the yeah.
1: last one is in L.A. The last one is in L.A. Okay. So the next one, I think, is, is already, it was supposed to be last year we're having a wedding because her family couldn't make it to the first wedding. You know, her mom was there, but the first one was kind of an informal thing with a Johnny Cash family and stuff at the cabin.
3: Right. So, did Carter but, officiate
1: yeah, it? Yeah, he did. He did, you know, he, and added some good Johnny Cash energy to nice. our lives. And so, so then we have to have one in Sweden for all of our Sweden friends and her family. Mm-hmm. And then it turns out I've still got such a big community here in LA that uh, we're gonna have to do another one so I think the next one we aren't even ready next year it takes a year to plan so the next one is Sweden in 2023 and then the next one is in LA in 2025
3: Wow! And if
1: you're invited? Just let us know if you're coming. You know, you, you guys. I'm, sorry, I'm, I'm saying this open public. I mean, you can. Um, everyone is invited to some extent, but you guys are actually, you know, if you end up, being around,
3: you're gonna right. call security the minute I show up at your. Door. I just, know, just
1: invited everyone out there. I'm like, you're all invited. I, well, I don't think the church will fit that many people. But, but um, it's,
0: it's really fun. We're a big uh, loving family and there's really nothing better to celebrate. So we want to do it over and over. Right. And honestly,
3: from a fan perspective, we love watching your love story. I'm excited for you guys to see where it goes. We hope you come back to Below Deck again because your family, honestly, my favorite family in the history of Below Deck. So Thank you. Oh,
2: that's
0: so sweet. <laughs> Thank you. Thank we really you. had a great time. Best ever.
1: Yeah, we yeah, really I'm, I'm sort yeah. of a
2: petition bravo to show more of your trip because I'm it's, a little bummed out that we didn't get to see more of it. We want to see it too. <laughs>
3: <laughs> not we were this there. <laughs> At <laughs> least yeah. they could send you some stills so you can make a scrapbook or something, right? Yeah. <laughs> <I> mean,
1: <laughs> there's a story arc just with Osa on the jet, not jet ski, it's a motorized surfboard. Oh, you, you should know? have
0: on the surfboard, so
1: like the first day she's falling all the time. That makes for good TV. And by the second day, she's actually going in a straight line, nearly a mile straight, just on this surfboard Look with a little. You. You're
0: a quick learner. No, I really, I was like, you know, the same thing Roy said. This time around, I was having so much fun. Like I just didn't give up. You know, yeah, uh-huh. so so I wanted to do all the water sports, and I Whoa. tried the surfboard, which was pretty hard. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> and. Every time you fall in the water, you come up, and there's a
1: drone, you know, an
0: inch <laughs> from your face. And not not sure. an inch from your
1: face. They're behind you. I won't yeah. get a scene. Every yeah. time you come up, and she was better at the water sports than me, but Osa is so cute. She's wearing these bikinis, and, stuff, and she'd fall, and then she'd come up, and the drone is two feet with these blades right behind you yeah. right behind osa basically crotch shots on the whole time. You know?
0: i was sure you know i was nervous about that kind yeah of we stuff, thought they yeah. were
1: going to show like there are times when you're walking around and your clothes fall off and stuff yeah. on these boats and you you, yeah. you forget where you are and,
3: you know. i'd check only fans for some familiar <laughs> oh buttocks <laughs>
1: Mm -hmm. well thank you very much you guys are delightful and and thank you so much
3: for doing this we really appreciate it we'll let you go we know you have a fun family life to get back to But thank you again. Our listeners are going to love it.
1: Very fun. Thank you. Bye bye. Bye. Say bye.
3: Bye bye. Bye bye.
0: Bye. 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 Thanks,
3: guys. Thank you.
1: Special
0: thanks to our friends who helped us create Gangplank Report. Down below, original music
3: and lyrics by Angel, Twitter, Frail, and Terry Abbott. Performed by Lorelai of
0: Florida. Production assistance by Michael Castaneda. Cast off, me hearties.
1: Yo dee-yo, dee-yo, yo, dee-yo, yo 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 no yo yo We're hiding up the gang blank and going down below.
0: Bravo!